Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. God is no respecter of persons. God can touch your life, my life, anybody's life. He can make us whole as we yield ourselves to him. And you may say, well, man, I've been on a long journey of God just touching and ministering and trying to make me right, and I've seemed like I've just got start. I've been at this for years and years and years, and I feel like I've got so much more ground to cover. Well, that's okay. You're on the trail, aren't you? Just stay on the trail. It's, it, God's doing that work in your life, and just enjoy what God is doing. It's not all about the how. It's about whom has done the work in our lives. He proclaimed my eyes, I watch and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? Ooh, that's a good question. Is Jesus a sinner? See, this is, this is, this is a good question. How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there is, was division among them. They said to the blind man again, now this is a blind beggar. And he's the one that's brought in to give defense. I love this. He's the one that's brought in to give defense about who the person of Jesus is. How many books do you think he's read? <laughs> exactly. We just take so much for granted out of the scripture, don't we? I'm telling you, we got to get in this guy's head a little bit and see what's going on. This guy's never read anything. He can't read anything. Well, unless God's divinely healed him and he's able to read now. But other than that, he's just going to give a defense for something of all that he knows is, I was blind, or in some most of our case, I was all messed up, and God came in and fixed it, touched me. Now, he said, well, I, that just doesn't make any sense. The religious say that it doesn't make any sense. Okay. When you've been blind and now you see, do you really care what anybody else thinks, honestly? I don't think you care. You don't care what the religious groups think? What did they do for you? Pitch a nickel once in a while maybe when you, they walked past you. I don't know what they did or what they didn't do. They didn't heal him though. Jesus healed him. You remember his first statement in verse 11 was, a man this guy, this man came called Jesus. Now it says, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? They want to, they're starting to get into his head. Hey, well, so you know, what do you think about this guy now? He said, he's a prophet. Okay, so that's kind of good. We're progressing a little bit, aren't we? He started out as just a man. And now he's a prophet. He's being recognized as, as something other than just some regular guy. I think this guy, think about it, This is over just a period of a, a little bit of time. This is all the same day. This might only be within the first hour. All these things, all this question, and he's trying to just defend himself in a sense. And what's there to defend? I was blind. This guy, Jesus, told me to go. He put mud in my eyes. It was a little bit of an irritant. I went down. He told me to go wash. I washed, and now I see. 
Well, you see, theologically, really, what happened was, you know, I mean, he doesn't have any basis for anything other than, I was blind, I see. If we could keep our Christianity where it really belongs is, I was blind, and now I see, and just grow in that, man, what a powerful force to be reckoned with. As night after night, day after day, in our city, Around us here in the metropolitan area of Kansas City, we watch death after death from gang violence and all kinds of other things. Night after night, this transpires. People killing each other. This is horrible. And the hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not in building more prisons. We're not talking about reforming people, are we? We're talking about transformation. Changed heart, changed life. Verse 18, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. This is some kind of hoax. Think about where are you at when someone comes to you and says, God changed my life radically. Oh yeah, well let me see, you know. You want to start getting in the spiritual thermometer and kind of checking them out, making sure they're just where you think they should be or what? Hey, just love on them. Accept it. Great. Praise the Lord. Let God just reveal who he is in their lives and let them grow. What an exciting thing. Oh, my. Jews did not believe concerning that he had been blind and received his sight until they had called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them. They bring the parents in now. Is this your son? Who you say, the accusation, well, I know you've claimed that he was blind. Of course, we walked past him every day and we saw him sitting there, but I understand. You claim he was blind. You say he was born blind. Whoop, comes up again, doesn't it? Verse 19. How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son. We're sure of that. And that he was born blind. We're absolutely sure of those two things. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who, at least they've got the right idea, don't they? Opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. And their fear and their concern was all of their livelihood was connected with that. All of their interaction was connected with that. Their their whole life was consumed with this, and it could really cause them great, great financial and just total duress. And so they're like, well, we're not really sure exactly what all happened. You talk to him. Therefore, his parents had said, he is of age, ask him. He'll make his own defense. And so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. They're, They're accusing Jesus of being a sinner, and they're saying, hey, give God the glory. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. I don't know that much about this guy. One thing I do know, one thing that I'm sure of, that though I was blind, now I see. That is so wonderful. 
I'm not positive about all of your stuff that you're talking about, but one thing I am sure of is that I was blind and now I see. I was lost in my sin and now I'm forgiven is really our statement of the same spiritual context of this thought. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? Again, fixated on that same thing. This is religion. You see the contrast starting to happen. It is happening all around us. And that's why our focus here at Calvary Chapel is the person of Jesus Christ. And understanding that God is the only one that can forgive. And that we need the Holy Spirit activated and at work in our lives. And we can only have a right relationship with the one true living God, the Father, is through the Son, the finished work of the cross. That's the only way it's going to happen. And we want to give that the emphasis and the place that it deserves. Not all these hows and whats, but who. We want to keep the main thing, the main thing at all times. Fixed on the person of Jesus Christ. He answered them, I told you already, this is the, the blind man, not blind now, previously blind man, I told you already, and you did not listen. He says, I already told you this a couple times now, and you're not listening to anything I've said. I didn't get religion. I didn't get religion. I met the person of Jesus Christ. And that changed the whole course of my entire life and my eternal destiny. That's what happened to you too. Those of you who know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that is what happened to you. You didn't get religion. If you got religion, you got something different than I got. We didn't get religion. We got Jesus. And they're two different things. And Jesus is making that perfectly clear. And this guy, using just a regular guy, just a regular guy, like, like just a person just like any of us, I told you already, and you didn't listen, you overeducated, pious peoples. You're just not hearing what I'm saying. Why do you want to hear it again? I'm just going to say the same thing. I got near the studio. This guy got some mud. He mixed the mud and made some mud. Put it in my eyes. He told me to go down to the wash. I come back. I see. It's going to be the same story. Do you want to hear it again? Do you? I love this part. Do you also want to become his disciples? Isn't that great? The innocence, isn't it just great? Hey, you guys want to start following too? Maybe he can help you. Maybe he can make you right. You know? Isn't that true though? He's just a regular guy. He's been touched. He's been ministered to his deepest need. And he says, hey, look it. You want to start following him too? Man, now that really tripped a trigger, you can bet. Then they, they reviled him and said, you are his disciple. But we are Moses' disciples. Hmm. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. I've got to turn back a couple of chapters. Verse 39 of chapter 5, if you would, of John's gospel. This is what Jesus says. Verse 39 of chapter 5, John's gospel. This is what Jesus says regarding the religious of his time, the scribes and Pharisees. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify 
of me, Jesus said, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Religion creates blockage. It is spiritual cholesterol. Really. It just starts coating the arteries and the inside, and then you, you can't see Jesus then. It just clogs the flow of the life-giving blood of the person of Jesus Christ. How horrible and yet how true. We, we know that God spoke to Moses. And as for this fellow, we don't know where he is from. Oh, hmm. The man answered and said to them, let's check this, this guy's so great. Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. You guys are supposed to be kind of running point on all this stuff, I thought. You know? I thought you guys were supposed to have the info on all this God stuff, and you don't even know where this guy's from, and yet he's the one that opened my eyes. Uh, Something's not jiving right, huh? Isn't it great, the simplicity of a guy that's just been touched and healed and ministered to, and he's just saying, hey, I don't know what happened exactly from some technical standpoint. All I know is this is what happened. Brothers and sisters, this is what sparks revival. Not a bunch of religiosity thoughts, but this is what sparks revival. This kind of understanding of who Jesus is. You know, we've often looked back over uh, the last, uh, you know, 40 years or 45 years, uh, and, and we can go back and watch some of the Jesus people movement, and many of us got saved during that time period, but we can go back into that time period, 1971, 1972, late 60s, early 70s, and we can start looking at what was happening culturally to us, and we can start looking at what was going on, and all of this useless seeming in our society, useless people, all these long-haired hippies and stuff wandering around, they didn't wear shoes, they just wandered all over the place, and it was just, a, it was a kind of a crazy time period. And yet, you know, I was talking with some of these crazy guys. I was on the very, I was very young at that time. I know that's hard to believe. I was young once. Uh, I wonder that about myself sometimes, but I was young once. And I remember during that time period, I was probably about 12 years old, 13 years old during that, during the very early 70s. And I, and I remember all of this going on all around me. I remember watching And I remember the discussions that were had around my dinner table about the hippies that were getting saved. And I remember looking at People Magazine, Time Magazine. I remember watching Pastor Chuck and all the baptisms at Corona and all these hippies on the hillside and stuff. Let me tell you something that's real interesting about this because I was talking with some of these hippies. They don't look quite the same. Some of them don't even have hair anymore. (laughs) But I was talking with some of them because some of them traveled with me uh, in Japan this last trip. And we were visiting, and they were talking about the things that were happening just in, in ministry globally and, and so on. We were just kind of visiting about some things. And they're saying, gosh, you know, it was just so wild to see things birthed out of revival. And we were just kind of talking about that. But then we started getting into it a little bit further, and it was like, something special happens when you're desperate. And you see, during that time period, many people became very desperate, especially the young people. 
because of the drug addictions and the sexual abuses and all the craziness that was going on in our world. And there was a desperation, a desperate heartfelt need for things to be right. There wasn't peace. And materialism was really just kind of coming into play. It wasn't like it was today. And I think, wow, I wonder what the Lord is going to allow to happen that we might become desperate. You know, we sing that song, I'm desperate for you, and that's where my mind goes. I remember ruining my life on my own. And I remember becoming very desperate inside, very. And I know who met my need. And it wasn't any religious thing. It was the person of Jesus Christ. Desperation can ignite when we meet Jesus, a powerful revival. So though the days get dark, look for the light because Jesus wants to move like never before. I know there's darkness, but there's a powerful, marvelous light that dwells within you and it's the person of Jesus Christ. Desperate times. This guy was very desperate. He'd never even seen before. He's a beggar. He's just giving his testimony. That's all he's doing, just sharing his simple testimony. The man answers, why is this a marvelous thing that you do not know where? This is a marvelous thing. You don't know where he's from. Yet he opened my eyes. Verse 31, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Hmm. So if God doesn't hear sinners, but then this guy's doing this, so this guy must not be a sinner then. Since the world began, it, is not, it has been unheard that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. <laughs> this is a regular guy. And he gives one of the most perfect theological statements that could ever be made. <laughs> and the religious can't even hear it. They, they don't even hear what he's saying. Because it's who, not how. They're obsessed with how and missing who. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you are teaching us and they cast him out. We are not going to hear of it. That's what religion does. Religion rejects Jesus. Religion just simply rejects Jesus. And Jesus heard that they had cast him out and when he had found him, Jesus went and found him. When he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Can you imagine this guy looking at Jesus? Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord? Then I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And he knows this is the guy that mixed the mud. This is the dude that said, go down here. This is the... This is wild. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Now, did Jesus say, get on your feet, don't worship me? Jesus received the worship because Jesus is deity. He is God, and he received the worship. You go through Revelation, you see the angelic being 
as John falls down to worship this angel. Whoa, 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 whoa. The angelic being says, dude, no, no, no. Don't do that. Get up. I'm just a fellow servant with you. Do not worship me. Worship the one on the throne. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. And here, as Jesus reveals who he is to this guy, Jesus received the worship. And Jesus said, for judgment, I've come into, the, into this world. And we say, well, wait a minute. I thought he said he hadn't come to judge. Well, there's a difference between Jesus, the result of him coming, and the purpose of him coming. The purpose of him coming is to prepare and, and to make a way for you and I that we might have everlasting life. That's the purpose of his coming, that you and I might be forgiven. That's his purpose. But the fact is, is that because he's come, there are going to be those who reject him, and it brings judgment upon their lives. So this is a result. For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. That those who actually are seeing this but rejecting it, blindness. If you're hearing today and you're not walking with God, you see, you don't want to harden your heart against that and, and create further blindness. You want to open your heart to the Lord. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. In other words, there'd be nothing to condemn you if you were blind to all of these issues or the things that we're talking about. <laughs> but now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. He says, you know what's going on. You know that what we're talking about. You have the written word and you've rejected it. And you've rejected the testimony of this man and of the divine healing, and of the person of who it's all about. Religion or relationship? Religion never can provide everlasting life. Only relationship with Jesus Christ can provide that. You know, we of all people on the face of this earth, of all people who were once blind spiritually, but now we see. Study through, contemplate this testimony of this blind man and what you and I have to share with a world around us that is spiritually blind. Don't get sidetracked by a bunch of other stuff. Stay focused on the main thing that really matters. And that's about who you know, who your relationship is with. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for tuning in today and listening to the message. I know that God is doing a work in your life. I know that as you hear his word, he's doing something in your heart, and he wants to begin that good work in your life as he's done in many of our lives, and he wants to forgive you of your sin. Maybe some of you are just carrying that weight of sin, and you just want to be forgiven. Well, God wants to forgive you. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 
God loves you. He wants to forgive you of all your sin. All you have to do is pray this simple prayer of faith and begin this new journey with Jesus. Again, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you and God will forgive you. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I want to ask that you would forgive me of my sin. You know exactly where I've been and what's been going on in my life, and I want to begin a new life in you. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior, and that I would begin this new journey with you. I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I might live a life that would please you and bring you glory. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. The service times and directions can be found on calvarychapelkc.com or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you in God's Word and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains. Fountains.